Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. What is up? Welcome in to another episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Matthew Betts, Matt Okada back tonight to preview week 10 and talk about all of the matchups once again as we do each week. We will go through all of the 1 o'clock games and uh, talk about Thursday Night Football, of course. We're going to talk about some injuries. We're going to get into a little bit of a mailbag later on. So, Okada, we've got a jam-packed show. Uh, but before we get started, what's going on with you? What's new? How you been? Um, I feel like I haven't talked to you in, in weeks, even though it's only been one week. It has been exactly one week. Uh, literally nothing is new. I am in the heart of the football season, which means... Pretty much the week goes football, 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 and then it's Saturday and there's no football, and then back to football, 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 football. That doesn't sound like so, the worst thing in the world, though. <laughs> it, to be fair, it isn't. Half of my work uh, week is spent watching football games with ex-football players. So yes, really I complain. feel I feel no remorse for you at all. Um, yep. Are you not a college fan? You're not looking at the the college games at all. I mean, I'll catch a college game here and then and again, but I don't watch it religiously. Honestly, if I didn't work for the NFL, I probably would watch it more. But with Saturday being my only day of no football, it's like I kind of need a little breather, you know, sometimes. But I yeah. try to keep abreast with the college goings on, yeah. especially for dynasty purposes. Fair enough. Well, I'm very excited uh, about the college football playoff, Penn State. Oh, yeah. Coming in at number four. We'll see what happens that here. That I know about. Uh, a couple of big matchups coming up, but it's exciting for sure. But that's not why you're here. You are here for NFL fantasy football content. So, Okada, let's get over into it. We start each week with Betts' big question of the week. And I, I had to bring it up because, man, what these guys are doing is incredible. The question is simple. Who is the NFL MVP so far this season? So this is not fantasy MVP. This is real-life NFL MVP. And I gave a few few choices, and then I said, okay, the last option is just comment below. Um, about 900 votes on Twitter. The options were Deshaun Watson, Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson, and then other. And I purposely let, let, uh, let Russell Wilson off the list just to see what people would do. And, man, they were angry. Uh, and I was excited about that because he's who I wanted everyone to pick and to comment on. We've got some really smart listeners and followers. So Russell Wilson by far ran away with the vote. The rest of the voting was as follows. Deshaun Watson, just 8%. Lamar Jackson, 18%. And Christian McCaffrey, 45% uh, of the vote relative to the, to the options there. So um, my answer is easy on this one, Okada. It's it's Russell Wilson, man. What he's doing right now with those those weapons or lack thereof I should say I mean Tyler Lockett is obviously awesome and DK Metcalf is a raw rookie and he's coming into his own but what he's doing there after losing Will Disley and after losing Doug Baldwin last year is incredible so he is easily my MVP right now 22 touchdown passes one interception on the year playing out of his mind and making me look foolish when I said he wouldn't, wouldn't finish as a QB1 this year uh, who is your NFL MVP so far this year? Oh, you shouldn't have brought that up, Betts. I had actually kind of forgotten about it. I was going to yeah. let it slide. Hey, the process um, seemed right, didn't it? It did. Listen, when we talked in the in the preseason and you made that prediction, I was kind of on board. I don't know if I went f quite as far as you, but I wasn't a huge fan. And I d distinctly remember us saying, 
Russell Wilson always seems to just do it anyways, but we just can't see it happening this one time. And that was clearly a mistake on our part because he always just does it. And to be honest, he probably should have won MVP at least two or three times. If you go by actually like most valuable player, which I tend to be very literal when I pick my MVP. No, I don't feel like any other quarterback is as crucial to their team as Russell Wilson is. He makes that team go like nobody's business does incredible things with very little uh normally it's been talent right now i would say tyler lockett is so good and even dk metcalf is showing out so well that he actually does have some decent weapons so that certainly helps and then the one other thing so he he gets the vote but i will say i think of all the players in the league besides russell wilson and if you just go by any normal you know odds making thing the next five players are quarterbacks I think Christian McCaffrey is number two right behind Russell Wilson because without Christian McCaffrey, that team would be two and seven instead of whatever they are, five and three. Um, Those numbers don't add up, but you get the point. I get what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, he is absolutely incredible, and he's outpacing the production of the few RBs that have won MVP in the last couple decades. Um, there was the Sean Alexander year, Marshall Falk back in 2000, Adrian Peterson in 2012. He is performing as well or better than those guys did. So if there's going to be a year for it to happen, this could be it. It's just Russell's doing too well, I think, and he's going to win it. Yeah, absolutely incredible from both of those guys for sure. Russell Wilson gets the official vote of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast, which doesn't get a vote. But if we did... <laughs> It would be for Russell Wilson. Yet, yet, best. Yes, exactly. All right, man, let's get over into our content. Before we do, reminder, find us online, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. Articles going up every single day. You can find us on social media at redshirtsffpod is the handle for Facebook, Instagram, and, of course, Twitter. Find me at the PT and Okada is at Matt Okada. All right, man, let's kick it over into the news. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh got news. All right, Okada. So we are going to start off with a little bit of injury news. We're going to talk about the specific injuries to players uh, when they their game comes up. So, for example, we'll talk about Le'Veon Bell when we talk about the Jets. But we've got to kick it off with a bit of news that dropped a couple of days ago. Cam Newton now officially on injured reserve. Obviously, he's been battling that. Uh, that midfoot sprain, that Liz Frank injury, and it just hasn't gone well. You know, he injured it in the third preseason game, then re-aggravated it uh, in in week two of the regular season, and we haven't seen him since. Um, This is the right move, honestly, at this point. I I talked about on the injury recap episode on Monday that even if they didn't put him on IR, he wasn't going to play at all this season. So at this point, it's just a matter of formality. He'll continue to rehab he won't undergo surgery as of now, but that cannot be rolled out quite yet. Um, so obviously that that's you know something that changes. I think people were hoping Cam Newton would come back, but obviously that will not be the case. It's Kyle Allen's team for the rest of the year. Okada, we got to we talk about this from a dynasty perspective because they can save a lot of money. I think it's about $20 million if they cut Cam Newton in the offseason. Do they do it? It is $19.1 million bets and... I think they do. I think that the I've been saying it since he since week two, really, when he got injured and Kyle Allen started performing so well. I think he's done 
as their franchise quarterback. I think he may be done as a franchise quarterback. I think that the, the what he did for a small period was so unique and so new to the league that he was elite, even though he was never a great passer. Um, and the way he ran was just people didn't know how to deal with it. He was a running back, an actual running back, not like a Barry Sanders like Lamar Jackson is, but like a, you know, Marshawn Lynch. He's built like a Mack truck. Smash you in the face. Yeah, people had no idea what to do with it. And so it was very successful. And I think that maybe the league just caught on. Maybe he just slowed down all the injuries, obviously, that have piled up, has taken that aspect of his game away to a large degree. And he's just not the passer that you need to be to be a franchise quarterback, I don't think. So I think this is the right move, not just for now, but for the future for them. I think they develop Kyle Allen, whether it's cut Cam or maybe trade him somehow. I don't know if that could be a possibility, but I don't think he's the Panthers quarterback of the future at all. Yeah, we'll see. Obviously, now is not the time to sell if you are looking to get out from Cam Newton in Dynasty. You obviously have to wait and see what happens here over the next few months, see how the offseason goes, and then when that positive buzz comes out if you're looking to move on uh, that would be the time to do it next piece of news here Deshaun Jackson uh, I talked about it on the injury recap pod so if you're looking for more details on his sports hernia uh, check that out on the last episode but he has just been placed on injured reserve officially uh, and they signed the Eagles signed Jordan Matthews former uh, high draft pick from them uh, from a few years ago was a productive player in his first couple years in the league with Philly and then just kind of fell off and lost his way. He's back after a very unsuccessful stint in Buffalo and a very unsuccessful stint uh, out in San Francisco. Do we care at all, Okada? Not really, no. Um, not in the vast majority of leagues, at least. Obviously, he's been there, and he, like you said, he had some production. So, and Carson Wentz is a good thrower, and this offense is good. Um, so there is possibilities for him to have some decent games, but I think he probably fits in fourth, honestly, in the pecking order behind Ertz, Jeffrey, and even Aguilar at this point. So I, I don't really want Wentz's fourth guy um, unless it's a super, super deep league or you're going for a, dy- or a DFS shot in the dark, super cheap one week when they play a bad defense. Other than that, I don't think Jordan Matthews is what he was. Yeah, I agree, and I would almost even go as far to say fifth or sixth option. I mean, Dallas Goddard, they've been running a ton of two tight end mm. sets because of the injuries to Deshaun Jackson. And I think that continues. This is huge for Dallas Goddard owners in redraft leagues, uh, especially because he's been just as viable as Zach Ertz, which is crazy to say. But um, that's the biggest winner, I think. What I want this team to do, obviously, this is my team. I want to see J.J. Arcega-Whiteside back out there a little bit more give him some chances to develop because Jordan Matthews, unfortunately, is just kind of a journeyman at this point in his career. Uh, I'm not super excited about the signing, and obviously you said for fantasy, not really on our radar. I think the biggest takeaway from the Deshaun Jackson injury is Dallas Goddard. Next piece of news here, we're moving over to Cleveland. Freddie Kitchens talking about how Kareem Hunt's return, which is this week, could affect Nick Chubb's workload. Um, And we got a direct quote here, so I'll just go ahead and read that. He said, quote, Nick is about one thing and one thing only, and that's winning. I don't think either of those two are selfish at all, end quote. So, Okada, with that quote in mind and hearing that, does that tell you that he's had a conversation maybe with these running backs and said, listen, Nick, we're going to split the work. We're going to give Kareem Hunt some some run here, uh, and your touches are going to be dialed back. Do you think that's what's going to happen here? Yes. 
I think his touches are going to be dialed back. I said it before the season started when they first got him and we kind of had to project forward. Is Nick Chubb going to be a problem drafting him as high as we are? Because when Kareem Hunt returns in week eight, he's going to lose value. And there was obviously a lot of people on both sides. Some saying Chubb is way too good. Hunt's going to be a Duke Johnson stand-in, which, by the way, does have an effect in its own if that's all he is. I was on the other side, which is Kareem Hunt is way too talented and has very fresh legs. Um, I think that he's going to get a decent amount of work. I don't think that Chubb falls out of starter range at all or anything like that. In fact, he may not even fall out of RB1 range, but he may fall from elite top five or six on a weekly basis to back end of RB1 range or even high end RB2 range in several weeks. I think Hunt's going to be more of a pass catcher than Chubb has been and take some of that work. And I also just think that Hunt is Almost as good, if not as good. Maybe They might be very much equal, actually, as running backs. And with the fresh legs. And the fact that it's funny, Beth, because when we went into the season, we were talking about, well, they might be heading towards playoffs and want to you know, rest Chubb a little bit. And that's why Hunt will get some carries. At this point, they're so out of the picture. I think they may just want to see what Kareem Hunt can do in this offense and find out what they have with this duo to see if they want to you know, extend Hunt for next year uh, or keep him around next year. And I think that it does matter for Chubb. So it's not great news, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, anytime a running back comes in and takes carries away, it matters for sure. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard was the backup when Cream Hunt has been suspended so far this season. And he's gotten about 10 touches a game or so uh, on any given week. So I think we can see that and maybe a little bit more. I'm projecting maybe about 12 per game to start for Hunt and, and see what happens there. So yeah, I mean... I agree with you. We we talked about how, you know, we want Nick Chubb in our in our lineups early on and, and drafted him that way because of the fact that we knew it was going to be a, a high volume of, of workload and touches. But we also thought this offense was going to be good, and they are not. Uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield playing absolutely horrific. The offensive line is a mess. Um, you got Baker looking like Marv from Home Alone in <laughs> his post-game interviews. Did you oh, see that picture? Oh, so bad, yes. I think you tweeted it out. Um, I did. Yeah, man, it's rough. So that definitely, I think those two factors, Hunt coming back, plus the offense just not being good enough to sustain two high-end running backs, I feel like Chubb is going to fall off to a high-end RB2 at this point um, if they choose to utilize Hunt in the way that we're projecting. So that's kind of my take on the situation there. Uh, hopefully both guys can get uh, get enough workload and run to be fantasy viable moving forward. Next piece of news here. Uh, unfortunately, Okada, our boy, Gardner Minshew, oh. is done. The Minshew magic is over. Uh, he was great. He was fantastic. He was a revelation for that team, honestly, and played very, very well, except for one game where he had to play well, which was last week in London against Houston. The matchup was perfect. I was telling everyone to play Gardner Minshew. I was telling everyone to play Chris Conley, um, DJ Chark, of course. And he let us down. And with that bad performance, the team is turning to Nick Foles coming off of injured reserve for next week. Uh, the team is on bye this week. And he'll come back from his clavicle uh, surgery that he had after week one. And for me, you know, green light as far as health is concerned. This is his non-throwing shoulder. So uh, for Foles, obviously, that's his left shoulder. He's going to be fine. He's going to be 100%. He'll come back in and pick up uh, where Gardner left off. Does this change anything at all for you? Obviously, you know, I think we can leave the quarterback conversation alone, but does it change anything for you 
as far as the skill position players there? Guys like D.E. Westbrook, DJ Chark, uh, Leonard Fournette? Um, not hugely, no. I, it, surprisingly, I think, if anything, it might be a slight downgrade because I think the main reason to go to Foles is that you want a more reliable, less turnover-prone uh, game manager to work with your strong defense and run game. And I think that's what the Jaguars are going for. They didn't want to be a slinging, gun-slinging, uh, Gardner Minshew and mustache-wearing team coming <laughs> into the year. Uh, but that was good, great stuff for Gardner and his pass catchers when it was happening. This move, I think, kind of moves them back in the other direction. I think that Didi and Chark are still going to be fine. Maybe Conley takes a little bit of a hit um, just because they pass a little bit less. But I don't think it's much of a difference at all, no. Yeah, and if anyone in your league is worried about the the Jaguars' pass catchers, go trade for them before your trade deadline is over. Their schedule is awesome. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up right now so I can read it to you. But basically, uh, they've got great matchups all through the the playoffs. They have Week 14. Uh, Chargers is not great. Week 15, though, Oakland and then Atlanta. So, uh, And they've got Tampa Bay in Week 13. So if you mm. need wide receiver... Go grab those guys because they're going to pay dividends for you uh, in about a month. Next piece of news here, Okada, and then we'll get over into the the breakdowns. Your boy, Joshua Caleb Gordon, unfortunately no longer a Patriot, but claimed by the Seattle Seahawks as if Russell Wilson needed any more firepower uh, behind his amazing play. He now has probably the strongest wide receiver room in the NFL with Josh Gordon and DK Metcalf. Um... But it's it's kind of incredible, man. I did not think they would get him. They were 28th, I think, in the list of teams to to make waiver claims, and he fell all the way to them. Truly, 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 I think a, a great uh, decision for the team. You know, they needed payment playmakers. Uh, they need depth at wide receiver because they don't have it. So I think this is great. I think you'll see a lot of Tyler Lockett still in the slot. I think this uh, moves to a situation where it's DK Metcalf on the outside, it's Josh Gordon on the other side. And David Moore is going to take a big hit here as far as his playing time. So that's how I see this shaking out. I don't love it, honestly, for Josh Gordon, just because I'm not sure how long it'll take for him to get up to speed. Um, and obviously, you know, we're already into week 10 at this point. But I do love it for Russell Wilson, that's for sure. Uh, what is your breakdown here on the situation? Yeah, I, I'll say one thing, Betts, just to be transparent. Josh Gordon has been my boy. He's on my top 10 favorite players list. I, I sincerely want him to succeed wherever he goes. I think he's lost a step at this point. Um, he was always this freakish DK Metcalf combo of speed and strength. Now I think he's lost a lot of that speed and is mainly just strength. And that's okay. And I, I think it works for the Seahawks. It gives them a great red zone option. And I think Russell Wilson is going to throw even more touchdowns, which is disgusting because he's already leading the league. Um, but I don't think that Josh Gordon is going to be a guy who's anyone's wide receiver one at this point. Uh, in fantasy, probably not even a wide receiver two, maybe cracks into the wide receiver three range every once in a while. But for him, I'm, I'm not super excited for Russell. I think it's a bump for everybody else. Like you said, David Moore does lose a bit, a little bit, but I think it's pretty much lateral for everyone else. Yeah. And if there's one thing we know about the Patriots, it's that they are okay moving on from players a little bit earlier than everyone else. So maybe that does speak to the fact that Gordon may have lost a step um, you know, here later in his career. So we'll see what happens there in Seattle. But like you said, you know, I, I agree with you. This is more of a win for Wilson rather than an effect on the rest of the pass catchers. Do you want to touch on this last piece of news here, Okada? 
I mean, we just got to say for fun that there was a lot of rumors swirling around <laughs> about the Chargers moving to London because San Diego, obviously gone, Los Angeles hates them, and they have no home they have no home stadium. So there was rumors, and apparently they're all false. The NFL um, released a statement saying it's not even being looked into. So sorry, UK listeners, you're not getting a football team right now. Yeah, and the quote from the owner was awesome. Uh, probably can't read that on air. There was lots of <laughs> not great words, uh, but it was very funny. So if you uh, if you have a chance, check that out. Uh, basically, he was saying, you know, there's no way it's it's happening. So they're staying here in the U.S. Uh, for now. All right, Okada, we'll get over into the breakdowns here, and I'll let you take over in a sec. Before we do, reminder for everyone, the bye weeks for this week, it's rough, man. There's tons of teams on bye. we got the Broncos, the Texans, the Jaguars, your Patriots, my Eagles, and no one's Redskins. Uh, <laughs> so so there's a lot of good players here, of course, on, on bye. You're going to need to play some deeper options here, and Okada and I are going to preview all the games to try to figure out who the best starts are in each matchup. Okada, take it away. Alrighty, let's kick it off with Thursday Night Football Bets. It is the Los Angeles and not-to-soon-to-be London Chargers versus the Oakland Raiders. Uh, we got pretty much everything we wanted out of the Raiders-Lions matchup last week. It was quite exciting and lots of offense. Um, now it's going to be uh, the Chargers who apparently have woken up because they looked great smacking around the previously 7-1 and Packers last week. Uh, this is going to be in Oakland. I guess let's start with the Chargers side of the ball because the Raiders defense, certainly not scary to anyone. Uh, Keenan Allen has not been playing great. Mike Williams had his first 100-yard game. Finally. And both, yes, finally. Uh, th that's of his career, by the way, not of this season. Incredible yes. that that hasn't happened. Uh, but with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, maybe both options. Although, between those four guys, are you willing to start all of them, or is there anyone you're you're kind of holding back on? So, to me, Keenan Allen is a must-start. Obviously, you're, you're looking at his talent as um, something to fall back on. The numbers, like you said, have been pretty poor, honestly, over the last uh, month or so. But, I mean, look at this matchup here. It's, it's awesome. Uh, the Raiders cannot stop anyone through the air. They are very good against the run. So I think Keenan Allen is a very strong start. He'll be ranked as a wide receiver one for me. Mike Williams is going to be ranked as a wide receiver two. Oakland giving up the most 20-plus yard completions in the league. And as we saw last week, that is what Mike Williams can excel at. So I like them both in this matchup. As far as the running backs for me, um, I think you have to start Melvin Gordon, obviously, with, with the increased workload. Uh, with Ken Wisenhunt gone, they gave him a ton of work. I mean, I looked at the, the stats as far as the snap counts, 63% for Gordon, 34 for Eckler. So it, it's Melvin Gordon's backfield for now. Um, I prefer Austin Eckler just because I think you can run, or excuse me, throw on this on this defense. I think Melvin Gordon's going to have a, a pretty rough stat line. He'll have enough volume to be viable as an RB2 uh, at a minimum, but I'm more excited about Eckler and the pass catchers here. What about you? Yeah, that actually pretty much exactly summarizes what I would have said. So... I'm not going to waste anyone's time repeating your exact words. Thank you, Betts, for your summary. Uh, saving me the breath. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, that that is pretty much spot on with what I would have said. Um, Philip Rivers, QB1 this week? Yeah. A QB1, I, I did my, not the QB1. Yes, not the QB1, a QB1. I ranked right. him uh, at QB11 for the week. So, nice. yeah, he's a back-end one for me. Right in that range. All right. 
I think that pretty much covers the Charger side. You're obviously starting Hunter Henry. You got to start your tight ends that oh, are yes. half decent. Uh, on the Oakland side of the ball, you Josh Jacobs been uh, just fire, beautiful for fantasy. Uh, all the dynasty uh, naysayers, I guess, who gave him the "you haven't had any experience, we've just had some flashes on tape, you're not going to be great in the NFL," have so far been proven quite wrong. He's looked great, uh, so he's a lock. The rest of the team, obviously, Darren Waller also a lock. We don't even have to talk about that. But the rest of the team may be a little bit, a lot more question marks as far as who's going to catch the ball and whether Derek Carr can be started on a weekly basis. Do you have any guys in that group that you're absolutely going to start, or is it kind of just a hodgepodge? No, I think it's more based off other options. I mean, Derek Carr has he's been pretty good actually, um, but he lacks the ceiling that I think you want in a streaming quarterback. So I'm staying away. The Chargers have only given up two QB1 finishes on the entire season, and I don't think Derek Carr uh, surprises us in this one. So I'm staying away from him. I love Jacobs, like you said. As far as the pass catchers, Tyrell Williams, I think, is is definitely the only other guy we need to talk about. He's likely to see Casey Hayward, um, who's only given up 211 yards receiving on targets against him and one touchdown on the year. So I'm okay starting Williams. I think he's a wide receiver three for me this week in my initial ranks. But again, it depends on your other options. It's a tough matchup on paper uh, for the pass catchers in Oakland. Yeah, I think that the Chargers defense is kind of like a Panthers light in in that they're good against the pass and not quite as good against the run. And so teams are going to kind of lean that direction. So I think this is a big Josh Jacobs game. I think Darren Waller gets a lot of work uh, as an outlet. The Melvin Ingram-Joey Bosa combo is back to being insanely elite, at least from what we saw last week. And that just means pressure on Carr, which means less opportunity to get balls downfield to guys like Tyrell Williams. So I'm probably leaning away from Carr and all the wide receivers and just focusing Waller and Jacobs if I can. So I think we're pretty close to the same page there. All righty. I think that covers that game. Let's move on to the probably best, the most exciting matchup of the week. The Lions and the Bears. Psych. Nobody <laughs> cares about this What's going to probably be gritty divisional matchup that they always seem to be. I think it's a Thanksgiving preview this year, so maybe that's fun. Uh, it does kind of have that the, feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. We're almost to Thanksgiving, and these are Thanksgiving playing teams. But Detroit heading into Chicago. Wow. We're, uh, let's see. Is there anybody on... <laughs> Who do you even want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's start with this. The Lions' pass defense is, as we know, very, very bad. Is this an instance where you are willing to start Mitchell Trubisky and anyone besides Allen Robinson who you're going to start in the receiving core? Okada? Yes. I, I'm i trying to think of an analogy. I would rather um, oh boy. punch myself in the face than start Mitchell uh-huh. Trubisky in <laughs> fantasy football. I mean, oh, if you gosh. can't do it against the Eagles secondary... 10 for 21 last week on and 125 yards. You can't do it against anyone. Um, no, I'm not starting Mitch Trubisky at all. He's in danger of losing his starting job. He almost got benched at halftime last week. I think it's a matter of time before we see uh, him on the bench and Chase Daniel back in the lineup. As far as A-Rob, I mean, I feel like you have to play him. He's been so good this year, despite how bad Trubisky has played. Um, their defense giving up ninth Story most fantasy his points to wide receiver. Yeah, best of his career for sure. If he didn't have Mitch Trubisky, he would probably be putting up like top six, top seven receiver numbers. He's been great. 
Um, so I think you have you have to play him. He's a wide receiver too for me this week. All right, I think I I think I can buy into that. Trubisky, I really would like the chance to start him, and he's had flash games every now and then. It seems like it could be one of them, but it's so unreliable, and there's so many other options that I think I'm with you in avoiding him if possible. Um, what about David Montgomery? We we got to ask this question every week, pretty much. Is he? Uh, are you gonna roll him out there? I am, yeah. I mean, you look at the usage in the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's been great. I mean, you look at the first part of the year, it was up and down all over the place. Last two weeks, he's played over 70% of the snaps. He's got a total of 48 touches in those two games, so you love to see that as far as volume's concerned. And I love the way they used him last week on a couple of um, choice routes out of the backfield against the Eagles. So if that keeps up, then yeah, for sure, I, I definitely want... Uh, a piece of David Montgomery in this matchup. Yeah, I was trying to kind of word it in a testy way to see if you would get back on board, but not only did everything you just say certainly apply, but the Detroit Lions run defense, it has not been very good. In <laughs> fact, it's pretty much the bottom of the league as far as fantasy points allowed to the running back. So this is a great opportunity for David Montgomery. I think this is a game he, I could easily see 25 carries uh, plus any passing work he gets. Um, and a pretty big game for him. So I like that call. Uh, Detroit side of the ball. This is probably a little tougher because we've gotten a lot of good stuff out of Matthew Stafford, uh, Kenny Galladay, and or Marvin Jones, depending on the week. Um, but this is obviously a very good defense. So what is your take on those three guys? I don't know if anyone else on the team is even worth talking about unless you want to. But between those three... What's your take facing this Chicago defense in Chicago? Uh, let's start with the most exciting player. That, that's Kenny Galladay for me. Uh, leads the NFL in targets inside the 10-yard line. Not sure if you knew that. But mm. you like that as far as the, the volume there when they get close. So um, they can't run the ball to save their life right now without on Johnson. And we've seen in the past few games without him, I mean, the, the game script has completely switched. Carrion Johnson was turning into a bell cow, getting 20 to 25 touches every game. And in these last few weeks, Matthew Stafford has been playing out of his mind. And as a result, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay have been playing really well as well. So for me, Galladay is the play here. He's still top 15 in the NFL in air yards. So you like to see that as well. For Jones, it's a tough matchup. I lean away from Jones in this one, despite how good uh, their passing game has been. But certainly, I think he's on the flex radar. The, the Bears giving up the third fewest fantasy points to receivers. So I, I think you can look elsewhere, personally, outside of Kenny Galladay. And I do not want to talk at all, personally, about the running game because it doesn't exist. No, it has disappeared like uh, something that disappears. I don't know. A ghost. Thank you. Well, except for Sam Darnold because then they appear. <laughs> hey, got him. Got him. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, I, think I'm, I think that Matthew Stafford... And his two receivers pull out some some big plays here, even though the, the defense is very good. And I think both of them could could be startable. But certainly, I'd prefer Galladay. And I'm guessing that most people have a better option than Stafford because he'll probably be high-end QB2 as opposed to the uh, mid-range QB1 he's been playing as lately. So, I like those calls. Yeah, listen uh, real quick. Listen to the numbers yes. they've given up. Aaron hey. Rodgers, when he played them, finishes quarterback 23. Kirk Ew. Cousins, quarterback 25. Yuck. Phillip Rivers, quarterback 24. Carson Wentz, Good. quarterback 19. So don't play Stafford. Yeah, not great. Uh, all right, let's go on. Let's go on over to a. Uh, wow. 
it is the it's it's the Ravens and the Bengals. I don't really I don't really know what to tell you guys. This is going to be a horrendous slaughter fest. The Ravens, despite some odd losses this year, looking currently like one of the best teams in the league. Lamar Jackson cannot be stopped. He is nasty uh, on the football field. My goodness, watching him. I, I honestly was not even upset, Bets, watching him beat my Patriots. Because, A, everyone's got to lose a game, you know? So I was going to ask you um, how you felt on Sunday night, because that was fun to not watch bad. for everyone that's yeah. not a New England fan. <laughs> Uh, I, my mom texted me because she's also a big Patriots fan and was sending me crying faces and things like that. And I was like, listen, we don't want to go undefeated. It doesn't mean good things. We'll lose when we get to Super Bowl if we do that. So let's get a loss out of the way. And if we're going to do it, let's do it to this guy who just is incredible. Lamar Jackson, seriously one of the most, if not the most dynamic player in the league right now. Yeah, so amazing. Le- let's do this. Let's get the Bengals side of the ball out of the way first. They are starting right, Finley. Because the Andy Dalton era is over, and they want to see what they have in Finley before they get the number one pick next year and decide to spend it on a quarterback. Um, so are you starting anybody on this team? Yeah, man, it's tough because this is the week A.J. Green is supposed to return. So we will see Maybe. what happens. Maybe, yeah. We're, we're not sure exactly. We're recording this uh, on four at 4.30 on a Wednesday, so we don't have the official injury reports for the week. So, you know, I'll, I'll up to everyone on Twitter, but... Basically, if he plays, I'm tempering expectations for sure. I mean, we've never seen these two guys play together. AJ Green hasn't taken a snap since last season in the NFL. I don't see how you can play him this week. Now you get the Ravens secondary that just added Jimmy Smith back into the lineup uh, from injury, and they just traded for Marcus Peters a couple weeks ago. Last week was the first time we saw their secondary fully healthy. I mean, Earl Thomas was running around making plays against the Patriots. Um, Yeah, I don't want any part of AJ Green. As far as Tyler Boyd, I think he's okay. I think he's startable as a flex. Um, slot wide receivers against the Ravens have succeeded this year. You look at Jarvis Landry, 8 for 167. Christian Kirk, 6 for 114. Juju, 7 for 75 and a touchdown. So they've succeeded. I think you can play him as a flex. Outside of that, man, I don't really want anyone in my lineup. Unfortunately, I have to agree with you there. This is a hot mess of a team. Um, and I'm avoiding pretty much everyone. I agree Boyd is probably startable. I Tell me if you feel like this is accurate, Bets. I have this, it's a, a sneaking suspicion. It's completely unsupported by data, despite the fact that it's my job to be an NFL researcher. <laughs> but I feel like when young, inexperienced quarterbacks in come in, they tend to lean more towards younger receivers. I don't know if it's like a... Uh, camaraderie thing or they just have better connection with those guys because they're closer to their age but it does does that seem like a thing that's real to you or am i just no i, I think we have plenty of examples in the dark no we have plenty of examples to go off of um in previous seasons with different players and teams where that has happened so i definitely think that's possible that that connection does stick out are you referring to any player in particular not necessarily just saying that i think tyler boyd if Green comes back, could potentially be more of the one than he would have been if if Dalton was still there. And we know the connection that Dalton and Green had. Um, and Tyler Boyd, obviously good enough to be kind of a 1B anyways. But I think with Finley, it's possible he's a little bit better. So I kind of like your idea of starting him. I don't hate it, at least. Uh, but let's move on from this awful team and talk about the Ravens. Uh, actually, we don't really even have to talk about the Ravens bets because you're starting everybody. Start them <laughs> this- all. This is a, a, it's going to be a lot. 
Um, obviously, I think your number one player is going to be Lamar Jackson. Your number two player is probably going to be Mark Ingram because they're going to be winning this entire game. Uh, Marquise Brown, you're willing to throw him out there? I am. I was pretty hesitant last week coming off the injury. Um, it was his first game back from his ankle injury from about three weeks ago. But this defense is giving up 8.8 yards per attempt to opposing quarterbacks. Dead last in the AFC, uh, so you like to see that. And oh, wow. Cincinnati cannot get after the quarterback at all. Lamar Jackson can literally stand in the pocket for probably seven seconds and find Marquise Brown deep. Yeah, I love him this week, um, and especially in DFS. I think he'll be a very, very strong play for sure. So I am definitely about Marquise Brown this week. Um, how do you feel about this this super crazy shot in the dark bets? Uh, for DFS, grabbing pieces of either Gus Edwards or Justice Hill because this game will be so out of hand that one of them will get enough carries to actually be viable and score a touchdown. Yeah, out of those two options, I, I definitely think uh, Gus Edwards is the player that I would prefer. Justice Hill has is, is mostly been kind of an ancillary piece just sprinkled in here and there, but Gus Edwards is getting legitimate run as a, you know an 8-12 to touch type of guy on the, in the right matchup. If they're down, obviously he's not doing much, but... Yeah, he's a grinder. He'll he'll get some carries for sure. So that's a sneaky, sneaky play, especially in a tournament. Yeah, 15 carries over the last two weeks with a touchdown against the Patriots. So I think that's a sneaky one, you guys. If you play DFS, which I can't do, so I live vicariously through you, try it out. <laughs> uh, obviously, you're starting Mark Andrews. There's no question there. Let's move on. Uh, let's move on to the one of the most uh, pleasantly surprising teams of the year in the Buffalo Bills heading to face one of the most disappointingly surprising teams of the year in the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I think heading into the season, if you had told us Bills-Browns Week 10, we would have said, oh boy, hurrah for Baker smashing this team and continuing his march toward the playoffs. Now we say, hurrah Josh Allen, I guess, uh, smashing this Browns team that is just looking awful. Let's start with this. Do you have any hope for the Browns team and or offense to turn this around or is it just a dead season? I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like at this point, it's just they need Odell Beckham to get going for it to turn around. And his cornerback matchups, man, are miserable. Um, he gets Tredavious White this week. I don't, I mean, you, you always bet on Odell, right? He's one of the best players in the league. But man, Baker has not played well. The offensive line is broken. I don't think it turns around, to be honest with you. Um, it's It's been really disappointing, and I think it does continue the rest of the season. Yeah, it's it's ugly. I don't, I'm don't. i not even willing to always bet on Odell anymore. That's how bad it is. Baker, uh, I, the, the tweet that I retweeted bets with the picture that you mentioned earlier, I don't know if you saw the next-gen stat that I retweeted. I don't think I but have. But when, when he's not pressured, he's the only quarterback in the league that's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns when oh not pressured. Gosh. The entire league. He is trash. He can't even do it when he's clean pocketed. And anytime there's any pressure, he runs away like a maniac. It's horrific. I do not. I do not. Yeah, I'm staying away. It Certainly, this is not the matchup to, to jumpstart this offense. The Bills secondary and pass defense is extremely good. They are allowing like a bottom three in fantasy points to quarterbacks and wide receivers. So no thank you across the board there. Nick Chubb. I think you still have to start him. Any disagreement there? No, not at all. We talked a lot about it a lot at the top of the show, so if you missed that, just rewind. But yeah, I think he has enough volume still, even with Cream Hunt back, that you have to start him. 
Are you willing to start Kareem Hunt in PPR as, let's say, a second flex? If it's any other week besides this week, I would say no. But there's six teams on a bye. If you're hurting like, and you really need a flex or you really need an RB2 player, even though I think he'll, he'll finish beyond RB2, um, I think you can hope and pray for that to happen. But <laughs> I don't want to. Like, I'm not excited about it by any means. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I I do think I have a little bit more of a positive outlook on Hunt than you do, so I'm I'm willing to start him as a flex. Uh, not that I'm super happy either. I'll agree with you there, but I do think his talent is good enough that if he gets 12 plus touches, which you kind of said is the line, and I think it could be easily that he can turn that into some fantasy production. So I'm okay rolling him as a deeper flex. Uh, Bill's side of the ball. Josh Allen, John Brown, that that combo seems startable every, uh, nearly every week at this point. How do you feel? But let's start with jo- uh, Josh Allen because he's probably less of a lock. Are you going to roll him out there as a QB one this week, or is he more in the QB two range? Oh no, man! I, I definitely think he's a lock for sure. Josh Allen's played well. He just hasn't done what he's done last year. You know, at the end of the season, he was the QB one overall in fantasy. And I think people are just disappointed because he hasn't done that. But he's been solid, man. Over the last three weeks, he's QB9 in, in terms of total fantasy points. So, yeah, he's a lock in your lineup. Don't overthink it. For me, he's ranked there again. Um, you know, and, and against this team, he can run on the Browns, right? He can he can throw to, to John Brown for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely starting Josh Allen in this matchup. Yeah, it's interesting that you kind of brought up that shift in paradigm of what to expect with Josh Allen, because I was going to talk about that where last season at the end of the year, what we saw from Josh Allen what should not have been expected anytime again. That was, I think that was fluky, and I think what we can expect from Josh Allen is what we expect from a lot of rush-centric uh, quarterbacks, which is a nice solid floor pretty much every week brought by that rushing and not too much upside because they're not great passers. They're not going to go for 303 through the air. But you get that 17 to 20 fantasy points a week, which is what he's done the last four weeks in a row, and you feel good about it. So I like that. John Brown, I think pretty much an auto lock at this point. Any disagreement there? No. 50 yards and five targets in every single game this season. Keep him in your lineup. Love to see that. Honestly, might have to put John Brown in my top 10 favorite players. I am loving that he's having a great year. I've always wanted him to, you know, he's always had the talent. And whether it was the sickle cell thing or various other injuries that kept him from really exploding, he's moved around teams a couple times. I'm really glad to see him performing well. So good job, good job there, John. Good job. Uh, anybody else? Yeah, Devin Singletary or Frank Gore. Let's talk about that because it's an interesting situation. Devin certainly looks better at this point. Uh, are you rolling out either, both, neither? What's your feeling? Definitely Devin Singletary. I mean. This is, I think, what people were hoping for when they drafted him with their last two or three picks in August and then picked him up on waivers if you didn't draft him. He's been battling the injury. Of course, he he missed three games with a hamstring strain, but came back, and in these last couple of games when he has been back, the team has completely shifted to him. You look at the touches uh, and the carries and the yards from last week. They were all season highs for him, and he outsnapped Frank Gore 66% to 34%. So that's massive. For sure. Um, yeah, I'm definitely starting Devin Singletary in this matchup. I don't think you can start Frank Gore. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you there. I really hope that it wasn't just a product of the Redskins and how bad they are. 
that we saw Singletary look so good and get so much work. I hope that this is what we get from him moving on because I think he's a very solid running back and can be very productive for fantasy if he gets the workload, especially in this offense. Um, it really works well with him, I think. So hopefully they kind of lean away from Gore permanently and lean into Singletary. Uh, but in, even until we get a more, I guess, a larger sample size of that, I, I agree with you that he's the guy I'm rolling out and Gore is the guy I'm, I'm sitting down. So I think that covers it. Not the greatest game, probably, unfortunately. One more player. What are you what are you doing with Cole Ooh. Beasley? Ooh. Leads Buffalo for whatever reason in red zone targets and targets inside the ten for the team. Touchdown in three straight games. What are you doing with Cole Beasley? Uh no thank you, Betts. Good um, answer. Yeah, listen. <laughs> ever whenever you see a a guy like Cole Beasley, a.k.a. a quick, small slot receiver who's never been a red zone threat in his career, put up three straight touchdowns and not have more than 41 receiving yards in any of those games on on three catches, eh, lean away. That's that's called a recipe for regression. I do not think he keeps it up. Um, I, I expect him to stay right around three, maybe four receiving touchdowns on the year. So... I do not expect the continuation of this pace and the the targets and the receptions overall not quite good enough for me to want to roll them out there. All right, good. Just want to make sure. Yep. Uh, all right, that's it for that game. Finally, we hit a game that I can say is exciting uh, non-sarcastically. It is the Falcons versus the Saints. As much as it is probably not going to be a great NFL game because the Saints are great, the Falcons are absolute trash. It definitely is a fantasy game worth looking into. Lots of big players here. Uh, let's see. Is uh, I don't even know where to start because it seems like pretty much everyone is elite. Let's start with Devontae Freeman because he's one that's a little bit more of a question. Saints run D has been quite solid. Uh, how do you feel about Devontae Freeman this week? Not good. Uh, yeah. Really not good, actually. No. Saints have only given up 493 rush yards to running backs this season fourth ranked in the NFL yeah man I mean they can't run the ball the Saints are very good at stopping the run you're relying solely on passing work for Devonta Freeman I, I don't want to rely on that man especially as uh, an RB2 in my lineup if I can somehow avoid playing him I am certainly though I understand with the bye weeks that we have to deal with if you have to start him I think you're okay as a flex but I don't feel great about Devonta Freeman this week yeah, I think it's definitely more of a PPR uh, type situation. If you're playing in full PPR and you've got a flex spot, I think Devontae probably belongs there. Although I will say I am sitting him right now in a league in which that is the case. Uh, but that's just because I have some decent options. But he's been getting a very decent amount of receiving work. Um, last week, or not last week, but last game, he had eight catches for 63 yards on eight targets. So this is... This is the type of game where even though I think he'll be awful on the ground, I agree with you there, he could have five-plus catches and turn that into something. So if you're playing in PPR, I think you roll him out there. Otherwise, I agree, he is a strong avoid. Uh, everyone else, though, Matt Ryan, uh, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, now that Muhammad Sunu... This is the first game... Is it a, No, this is not the first game without Muhammad. We've seen one. Uh, but do you have any qualms with any of those three guys? No, I think you can start all of them. Obviously, Julio is Julio, so you start him. Um, Calvin Ridley, I think, is the bigger question mark. Mohamed Sanu leaves behind about 40 targets on the season when he was with the Falcons. So that's obviously got it split up between some of the players. Um, 
yeah, I, I think you can start Calvin Ridley. I mean, if he gets a few more targets combined with his stat line from what he's done in the past against the Saints, he's torched them. Eight for 93 and a touchdown and seven for 146 and three touchdowns last year. Um, so, yeah, roll him out there. I, I think you can start him for sure. Yeah, seven targets for 70 yards in their last game, which was, I believe, the first game without Sanu, unless I'm heinously mistaken, which I don't think I am. No, I think you're correct. Um, yeah, so agree with you there. Hooper's a lock. Uh, Julio, by the way, he torches a lot of teams, but he definitely likes to play against the Saints historically. So DFS, I think he's a great option. Uh, yeah, love all these options. Okay, done with the Falcons, who are going to lose. Let's move on to the Saints. Um... That's the same situation here, pretty much. You're starting everyone. In fact, this is probably even a better situation than the Ravens against the Bengals. The Falcons' defense is horrific. Uh, I do not think they have a strength anywhere. Is there anybody you're sitting? Uh, no, and I'm even starting Jared Cook. So I think that tells you everything you need to know about this matchup. Love it. Uh, how about a secondary receiver beyond Michael Thomas? Are you willing to throw one of those out there? Uh, uh, not really. I mean, Ted Ginn is your best hope. You're just hoping mm -hmm. for a deep bomb. I don't love that. Uh, I think Jerry Cook operates more as the team's wide receiver too, uh, in this matchup. So I would say out of, you know, the receiving depth chart, I think it's Cook. Very solid. Love it. Uh, Drew Brees, probably an elite option this week. Yeah. Top five. Easy. Top three. All right. What about Latavius That's Murray? That's an easy one. Ooh. How do you feel about Alvin Kamara? Let's start with that. Full strength. 100%? Yeah, I think he'll be no fine. No qualms? Yep, this will be okay. three weeks out from his high ankle and uh, MCL injury. They sat him for a reason. They said he was close last week. Uh, if it was a playoff game, they said he would have played. So I think he's fine uh, for this matchup. Um, I guess I didn't even need to ask that question because you gave me a very positive answer on Kamara, and I'm still going to say that I am okay starting Latavius Murray in this game. This is going to be a smash game. I think both guys will get a decent amount of work. Latavius a very good chance at a touchdown at some point because they'll probably score seven of them. Uh, so, yes. Give me some Latavius. Give me some Kamara. Give me everything that that moves on the Saints offense. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Give me some Taysom Hill, for heaven's sakes. Oh, no, gosh, not really. Don't do that. <laughs> but but I'm calling it right now, receiving touchdown. All right. Oh, of course he would. Yes. Of course. Let's swing on to the Battle of New York that's really the Battle of New Jersey. The Giants versus the Jets. Uh, over under six and a half turnovers bets. In the game? Yes. Total. Under. Ooh. That's, that's a good line. A I almost wanted to go over. That's a good line. So so around six is what you're probably going for here? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about right. This is going to be hideous um, from that perspective. But neither defense has been extremely impressive. So it might not be too bad from a fantasy perspective. Um, having said that, let's start with the Jets because they're even uglier, which is hard to say. But when you lose to the Dolphins and look like Sam Darnold did, yeah, you're uglier than pretty much everyone in the league. Uh, oh my gosh, that was horrendous last week. Oh lord. Yeah. So Sam Darnold is a no go. I can, we can all agree on that. You sure? Um, uh, yes. The Giants sure. giving up the eighth most fantasy points. Nope. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> Are Tried you willing to roll him out there? QB two. What's that? Is that what you're telling me, Betts? Are was, you interested? I, if, if you're in a super flex league, sure. But no, not in a one-quarterback league at all. All right. Uh, all right. I, I, I could buy it as a back-end QB2, maybe. Especially with all the buys. But, oh my gosh, he looks bad. Um, 
his pass catchers. Let's let's say uh, Crowder and Robbie Anderson, and let's hit Le'Veon Bell while we're at it. Can you start, I guess, all of them, or is it kind of a hit and miss? Are they all sort of flexy range? Is Bell more of an RB2? What's your feelings? Well, let's start with the injury for Le'Veon Bell, because uh, mm. news broke on Monday that he was getting an MRI on his knee. I didn't see right. anything in the game. I talked about it uh, on the recap episode on Monday, but basically, um, I went back and watched this game a second time. That's how much I love you guys. It was terrible. Uh, I wanted to cry, <laughs> but I didn't see anything happen where Le'Veon Bell got injured. So it, it must have been either relatively minor or kind of happened late in the game. But reportedly, the MRI came back clean. He did not practice today on Wednesday. So I'm not really counting on Bell to be 100% in this game. And there is a legit shot that he does miss uh, on Sunday. So keep that on your radar. Thursday and Friday practice reports are going to be huge for Bell. So that can answer its own question, of course, if he's out. Um, and if he's not 100%, I think you still play him if he's active because of the draft capital you put into Le'Veon Bell. But certainly I'm less excited with the injury. And then as far as the receivers, um, Robbie Anderson, man, wake up. Like you have had the easiest schedule for yep. wide receivers so far in the last month, and he's done nothing. Jameson Crowder, on the other hand, I'm very interested in, especially in any PPR format, um, including games with Luke Falk. He has 7.4 targets per game on the year. So the volume's there. Giants are easily beatable. Um, I think you stay with Jamison Crowder. He's been pretty good so far. Yeah, Giants bottom three in the league against receivers in fantasy. So I think that's a great call on Crowder. I would I would happily roll him out. Um, let's go Giants side of the ball. Obviously, well, I don't even need to mention Saquon's name. He's Saquon. So we can skip him. Uh, Daniel Jones, do you feel the same way about him as you do about Darnold, Mr. Willing to start these quarterbacks? I'm definitely more willing to start Daniel Jones than Sam Darnold. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's for sure. He at least provides the rushing uh, upside to help kind of get the the floor to where it needs to be for you to feel confident about Jones. But he's not going to have his best pass catcher, in my opinion, in Evan Ingram, which is a huge downgrade for Jones. For Ingram, we'll, we'll just talk about it real quick, and then I'll kick it back to you. News broke today that he is dealing with a midfoot sprain. Um, and and flew to see a specialist, basically, to evaluate the foot. He's been rolled out already this week. He was in a boot today. Um, the team is on bye next week, so he'll have two weeks to recover. And I don't think this is a situation where I'm really sounding the alarm for Evan Ingram. I mean, you always hear foot injury and you run the other way. But I don't think this is a situation like that because he was able to finish the game on Sunday. And the fact that he is having this extra week of rest, I think, is huge. You see players all the time try to go through the week, battle through it, and play through it, and that's when injuries happen. Exhibit A, Cam Newton. So I think for now, I'm still confident in Evan Ingram. Let's see what happens here in two weeks. Uh, let's ask the question this way, Betts. How high is Golden Tate in your rankings this week? Uh, let me pull it up real quick. I have got him at wide receiver 25. Ooh. I think that I will probably be even higher than that once mine are done. They're in process right now. I can't see him getting less than eight targets in this game, and I would expect, I would guess, double-digit targets. Um, Sterling Shepard is, as far as I know right now, very questionable. Betts, do you have a, a leaning on that? 
Yeah, I don't think he plays in this matchup. You, you'll need to see him put in several full practices in a row again uh, after being put back in the concussion protocol. I don't think he plays. All righty. So with him out, with Ingram out, I think it's a Tate game and a, a Saquon game. Those guys are going to have 15 catches plus between the two of them easily. So I'm going to have him quite high in half or full PPR rankings. Uh how about Darius Slayton? Are you willing to roll him out maybe as a deeper flex or in DFS? Yeah, definitely, man. He's been on the field for almost every snap. Uh, his snap counts are as follows over the last four weeks. 98%, 97, dipped a bit to 84, but then back up to 93. So, yeah, in this matchup where he's running a ton of routes uh, against a bad defense, I definitely am willing to roll Darius Slayton out as a deep flex, especially in DFS. Yeah, I think he's probably one of the... Uh, if, if I was building DFS lineups, he might be in every single one because he is not necessarily going to be highly owned. He has not had great production, but like you said, the snaps look good and the lack of all the other primary pass catchers right now, I think it, it swings down to where he gets a, a decent amount of targets and in a PPR, uh, that could that could turn into a decent amount of points. So another sneaky play for you. Okada, why don't we do this this week? Ooh, what it is. Um, send me your favorite... DFS lineup, I will enter it and my account, and I will make money. And take all the money. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, all right. <laughs> that covers this game, I believe. Uh, did we miss anybody? No. I don't believe Defenses. So. Ooh. Are you willing to start both these defenses, bets or either? I think I am. I'm, I'm definitely willing to start uh, the Giants, of course, against... The Jets with Sam Darnold and how bad he has played. I think you can even start the Jets, honestly. Um, probably a back-end like top 12 option for me this week. But, yeah, I think you can start him. All right. Cool beans. Uh, let's swing over to the Cardinals and the Buccaneers. Uh, honestly, looks like a fun game for fantasy purposes, despite the fact that neither team is necessarily looking great in the standings. Um, it's pretty much a free-for-all here, Betts. Uh, Kyler's a go. Oh, yes. Uh, d- yeah. Um, what's our outlook on the running back situation there from uh, an injury perspective? Let's let's get that real quick. Yeah, David Johnson told reporters today, he said, I'm good. I'm 100%. I'm going to play. I don't know that he's 100%, to be honest with you. I mean, of course, multi-week absence there with the ankle. Um, and I've been saying this for a while. Like, don't forget about the back injury. If you have a back injury, it is a high risk of recurrence in the first month uh, back out there. So watch that but yeah I think he plays I'm not sure what the split's going to be because I think Kenyon Drake played so well last Thursday that he at least earned a role in this offense but Chase Edmonds is still going to be out with the hamstring so it's between David Johnson and Kenyon Drake uh going up against one of the as we've talked about before oddly best run defenses in the league not something that we necessarily expected coming into the year but they have held up uh you're going to roll DJ out anyways if by some happenstance CJ doesn't play or certainly if he does, are you still willing to start Kenyon Drake? No way. All right. Fair enough. Agreed. Um, the pass catchers are, are a go. Do we agree there? Buccaneers pass defense, obviously not what their run defense is. Look at what Russell Wilson did last week. Look Woo! at what Tyler Lockett did last week. Look at what every single player that plays wide receiver has done against this defense. Yes, 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 and yes. Sounds good. Uh, Buccaneers side of the ball, it's pretty much the same situation. You're good. You, everybody's going to look good here. Uh, the Cardinals defense, not really superb in any facet. 
Um, anybody that you're willing to sit on the Buccaneer side, or is it pretty much a an all go? I mean, obviously you're starting the two studs in Evans and Godwin. Um, yep. I think the only real situation that we should talk about as far as pass catchers is tight end. It's been chalky all year. Is this the Ooh. game, Okada? Everyone Ooh. puts up points against the Cardinals. <gasps> Are you starting uber-talented, uh, highly drafted, great tight end, O.J. Howard? Oh, man. Betts, this is uh, this is tough. Arizona's given up the most points to tight ends. He needs targets in order to make catches against this horrible tight end defense. And that is something he has not gotten in abundance. So it makes me very nervous. I am probably not going to start him if I can help it. Uh, I would consider him a streamer. It's I, I honestly hope that it is the game he breaks out, but mm, I'm leaning away. Cameron Bray only played 13 snaps last week. Dealing Ooh. with a rib injury. Uh, nope. Nope. Still not buying it. I thought it. I got you on that one. Nope. Uh, any disagreement? Are you willing to roll him out there? Is he a tight end one for you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Is he in that tier that we still haven't named? I Yes, he's in that tier. Um, okay. Certainly the matchup, the of course, is warranted. If Cameron Braid is out, then definitely I think he's at least worth a shot in the dark. Teams are on a bye, of course, like we talked about. No Zach Ertz, now no Evan Ingram. Like, who else are you starting? Sure, throw him in there. See what happens. I have thought of a name for the tier. The Polished Turd tier. <laughs> we can call it the PT tier for short. Love it. I'm on board with that. Because that's what it is. Um, all right, Jameis Winston, are you willing to start him? Oh, for sure. In this matchup, the highest over-under, I think, on the board. Um, yes, definitely give me some Jameis. Don't watch the game, but give me Jameis. Mm-mm. All right. Agreed. Agreed on all fronts there. Pretty chalky game for the most part. Uh, all right. Let's close it out, Bets. Last game of the early window, and then we have a mailbag. Chiefs-Titans. Patrick Mahomes. Give us your expectation. Uh, he practiced in full today, so he is going to play this week. He has been getting closer. Let's go. He's been, he's been feeling good. And honestly, the only reason he has not been playing is because the training staff and the coaching staff has been pulling back the reins on Mahomes. He's been wanting to play, so it's not him. It's it's the, the team and it's the trainers, which is a very smart move. Remember, he just dislocated his kneecap about three and a half weeks ago. We know that essentially the injury risk, uh, or the re-injury risk, I should say, goes down pretty significantly after three weeks. So this is very smart of them to hold him out. I think you fire him up if, you, if you've got him, and it looks like he is going to play. Solid. That means all the pass catchers are a go, but let's talk about the running backs. Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, oh my goodness. Is this just a Eagles times two, a former Patriots, you can never make the right choice situation bets? What are we doing here? I honestly wish I had a good answer. I don't know. I mean, one week it's LaShawn McCoy. The next week it's Damian Williams. Last week, I think you you at least look at the trends, right? Like Damian Williams, two weeks ago, 42% of the snaps. Last week, 72, of course, had the long run. And real quick, Tyreek Hill. Come on, man. So <laughs> that fast. That was nasty. Woo! What did he have, like a 20-yard head start on him and he still caught him? Yes. Um. So he's at least been trending the right direction as far as his snap counts. LaShawn McCoy, on the other hand, 43%, 39%, 10% of snaps last week. Um, Yeah, you can't start LaShawn McCoy. 
You have to see it first. I think you can flex Damian Williams. Uh, I I think I'll buy that. Titans not particularly good against the run. They are better against the pass. So not that that really matters for Patrick Mahomes. One other but yeah, piece, the, the, though, Okada. Ooh, yes. Malcolm Butler just placed on injured reserve That's with right. a wrist injury. So extra bonus there for all the pass catchers. Huzzah. Um, all right. Wish we knew more about that running situation. You guys are going to have to make your best guesses along with us. But uh, if we if we go with Betts' trend advice, I think Damian Williams is a better call, and I agree there. So uh, let's move over to the Titans side of the ball. Last team here to preview Derrick Henry. What do you make of Derrick Henry, Betts? Fire him up if you got him. Um, I wish this game would have happened like three weeks ago before Chris Jones came back into the lineup. He's been a really good run stopper there for KC, and when he's been out, you can absolutely run on the KC defense. But he came back last week. We saw them at least keep Dalvin Cook in check. So I think Derrick Henry has a good game. I don't think we see a great game from him. And just one side note, Titans, like give him a screen pass every single week. When he gets a screen pass, it's like, I don't know what the percentage is, but it feels like 100%. He gets into the end zone, and, and no one can stop him in the open field. So um, if you're listening, Titans staff, do that. I think you can start Derrick Henry in this matchup. For me, he's an RB2. Yep, I agree. He'll probably be upper echelon of the RB2 range for me, so I like it. Uh, let's talk pass catchers, though. That's a more interesting situation. Chiefs defense, not great against the pass, to put it mildly. Uh, who of this throwing game of the Titans are you willing to put in your starting lineup, Matthew Betts? Oh, gosh. I don't – none of them. I, I'm not <laughs> – I, I can't play Corey Davis. You just can't. You don't know when it's going to happen. I think if you're going to start one guy, for me, it's, it's A.J. Brown because we've at least seen the – the boom weeks. He's been a little more consistent recently. Ironically, I like Ryan Tannehill in this matchup. KC giving up the 10th most fantasy points to QBs. And with Mahomes back, this could be a situation where they have to throw. But you don't know who it's going to be. So you're, you're taking a shot in the dark. And I hate doing that in fantasy. I, I like to be in a situation where you have at least an idea of what the usage is going to be for your player. Even if it's not great, like you at least know what to expect. You have no idea what to expect from this, this uh, wide receiver core. Yeah, Tannehill, 300-plus yards in two of uh, his three starts, two-plus touchdowns in two of his three starts. Uh, the 331-1 and one against the Panthers, which we've talked many times about their pass defense. So I think this is definitely an advantage you could take it, uh, at that advantage. A matchup you can take advantage of with Tannehill, he'll be right on that QB1 cusp for me probably. Eh, I mean, that might be a little bold. Top 15. I was going to uh, say, but wow. a guy, Yeah, he'll be top 15. I don't know, man. He might be up there. He's, he's playing some football, and he's... Yeah, uh, I think that covers it. Anybody else from either team here? Are we done? Uh, one quick note on Delaney Walker. Missed the last few mm. weeks because of an ankle injury. He is now out of the boot, trending in the right direction, but I'm not sure he plays this week, so keep an eye on that. Remember, this is the same ankle he had surgery on last year um, with the ankle fracture dislocation, so definitely temper expectations if you're rolling him out there. I, I don't think he's even close to 100%. All righty. I think that wraps it up. Let's head into a mailbag and close out the show. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? Uh, all right, Bets. We have got a few quick questions here. Let's start with our boy, Kevin Galusha. 
Oh, he asks, love that guy. It looks like two questions here. Yes, one of our favorites. In fact, both these guys are two of our favorites. It's just a win all around. Uh, but he asks, what are the chances we see multiple players retire? Ooh, this is not even really too fantasy-ish. It's a, it's a, well, it's, it includes fantasy, but what are the chances we see multiple players retire due to excess concussions at the end of the year? Seems like a few high-profile players just cannot get healthy. Reed is the biggest candidate for me, but some of the others are risking some real long-term issues. I believe I commented on uh, this question, bets with the words Brandon Cooks, because, ooh, is that situation concerning? Uh, I will let you take this question entirely. Yeah, this is a great question, Kevin. Um, I don't think we'll see players retire, especially this season, uh, because of inj- injury concerns with concussion, namely Brandon Cooks, like you said, and Sterling Shepard. Um, he also brings up Jordan Reed, uh, who, of course, is on injured reserve. But I mean, you look at what a concussion is, and it's a pretty traumatic injury to the brain. Like you said, there are some long-term issues for sure, and when you look at players that go out, like they don't want to go out because of these injuries. So I think there's still tons of money to be made from these players. I do think that they are going to probably play less, uh, less of a long career, a shorter career, I should say. That was easier to say. Uh, a shorter <laughs> career because of the fact that there are concerns about that. So it's just a matter of injury risk and uh, mitigating that risk by having a little bit of a shorter career. But I don't think players retire in the same season that they have concussions because you never want to go out that way. Yeah, it's obviously a, a big deal across the NFL, so it's a good thing to keep uh, a bets report train coming on. So everybody follow Matthew Betts at the Fantasy PT for his thoughts on the matter. Uh, all right, let's move on to the uh, question from Mitchell Amstoltz, another of our favorites. I'm curious, he asks, if you have any r- running back slash wide receiver trade targets that could be cheap and have a good outlook for the playoffs. Trade deadlines are about to be here, so the time to target them is now. This is something I know to be true, bets because the Sleeper app, where I play most of my leagues, has a big banner that says, your trade deadline is this week. Make your trades now. Uh, very nice of them to do that. Just like that. Yes, exactly. It's actually a little voice that comes out. sounds just like that. It's not true. <laughs> Uh, do you have any off the top of your head here that you may be willing to look into? We first have to say, we're talking about weeks 14 to 16. If you play in week 17, get out of here Shame with that on you. stuff. Um, yeah, man, I, I definitely talked about it a little bit with DJ Chark. I, I like the pass catching options there in uh, Jacksonville. They've got a great matchup in the fantasy playoffs. I also think the running backs for Denver are very, very interesting um, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, we didn't see them a ton as far as their usage in the passing game with Brandon Allen last week. But even if they don't get anything through the air, they've got such a good matchup uh, in the fantasy playoffs that I think they're at least worth throwing on your roster as RB2s or flex. They have the Chargers in Week 13, then Houston in Week 14, and then in Week 15, they get KC. We just talked about how you can run on them. And they get Detroit in Week 16. So that is a sneaky pick up in my opinion solid i like it um i i'm gonna go with i think curtis samuel as a potential option here uh i like the way his target count has been looking over the past several weeks um honestly at this point i think him and dj Moore are i i would consider samuel the 1a i don't know what do you think on that situation 1a 1b yeah i mostly prefer samuel just because of the the air yards and the deep targets mm-hmm. he's getting versus DJ Moore, you know, it's more the underneath type of stuff. So I prefer Samuel as well. 
Yeah, I also think that Kyle Allen kind of getting locked in as a starter for the team might just help the overall confidence of Allen and the the team as a general uh, kind of direction planning this offense, knowing it's going to be him for the rest of the year, uh, making a playoff push. He scored two touchdowns over the last three weeks, uh, 40 plus yards in three straight games, including a 70 yarder and a touchdown against the Bucks, which is obviously a good matchup. And their schedule includes uh, two Falcons, which is always a win over the next few weeks. One of them in week 14 and weeks 15 and 16 are against the Seahawks and Colts. Not necessarily the juiciest matchups ever, but neither is really scary. And both should be, I think, games where the Panthers throw a lot. Uh, attempting to keep up with some strong teams at the end of the year. So I think Curtis Samuel is a sneaky guy that you could probably get reasonably cheap since he hasn't been extremely elite so far this year. Um, all right, that wraps it up, Bets. That is the mailbag. That is the show. Uh, we will continue the previews and wrap up the entire week on our Patreon pod. So if you have not yet subscribed and become a patron over there, do that because that is a really enjoyable pod, usually about 40 minutes or so that we release on Friday, late Saturday morning, uh, includes the rest of the matchups, some fun uh, prediction stuff from Bets and I, the over-under segment, and a head-to-head draft draft, which is always fun uh, and sad for me this past week. You can learn more about that on the Patreon pod. So head over there if you're not already. Uh, and thanks for listening to this one. That is it for the Week 10 Preview. We will see you next week. Until then, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.